All right, welcome to another episode of the Non-Victim Nation podcast. I'm here today with Bobby Bushcraft, as he is known on Instagram. He was actually referred to me by one of my previous guests, Jake Azeltine. Uh, Jake only gave me a few details, uh, but made a point of saying that Bobby is a total badass. So if you wouldn't mind sharing more about what it is that you do, that would be great. Uh, sure. So right now, currently, I'm a full-time photographer, um, but my background is uh, I'm a retired police sergeant, uh, mm -hmm. 28 years of law enforcement experience, uh, five years in the U.S. Army, um, so about 30 years in service. Mm -hmm. um, after I retired, and I just went into this uh, photography full-time. I got you. Uh, the law enforcement, was that here in Arizona? Mm -hmm. or no, uh, on the East Coast. I got you. Yep. Very cool. Uh, and then we were talking just previously before we started recording about the idea that this was something that you had an interest in, the, the photography part, mm -hmm. and just sort of became like your full-time job. Yeah, as a kid, uh, as a kid, I had, um, we had a dark room. My father had a dark room set up in the basement. Mm -hmm. So photography was always a thing that I was always interested in. It was something mm -hmm. that was, you know, oh, look at that. You know, that's cool. You know, when you used to dip the film into the, you, you would, you know, put the chemicals together right. and throw everything together and magically yeah, this would, image would appear. Right. And it was like, wow, that's cool. I want mm -hmm. to, you know, it, it, it just gets you into and, and, and going to college and taking college classes for photography to expand, you know, your knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, you know, I kind of got away from it for a while and then got back into it then got away from it. But after... You know, after 30 years, 28, 30 years of service, and then it was time to retire, which that's a whole other issue of, you know, things have changed since I retired. It's right. COVID and everything else. But um, now I just got back into the photography full time. I do mm -hmm. photography for uh, famous people, for celebrities, for mm -hmm. political, known political uh, party people. Right. Um, and whoever else, you know, if somebody calls me, I don't advertise. I don't have any whatsoever, no advertising. I'm right. just all word of mouth. Somebody like somebody calls, says, hey, you available? And I just pop everybody on the calendar as I go. I got gotcha. Um So one of the people that you worked with was Carrie Lake, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was, on her, I was her campaign photographer for her campaign. Very nice. A campaign that ended maybe not the way most of us would have liked. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, it's still in the court, and it's, it's still not over till it's over. Wow. So okay. it's... Currently, um, you know, it went up to the Arizona Supreme Court, mm -hmm. um, and the, the judge, uh, you know, they made the decision to send it back to the lower court. So right now we're waiting to uh, see what happens with that, you know, and hopefully there will be justice and the court will rule in her favor. So at that point, does she literally just become the new governor and replace? I think there's a whole process behind that, and I, yeah. I also believe that, you know, I don't think this has ever happened before. Mm -hmm. So I think... I think a lot of people are quite unsure as mm -hmm. to really the process. Right. Um, but at some point, if they if they do rule in her favor, I would believe that uh, the current governor would be removed, mm -hmm. and Kerry would be uh, the new governor. That would be a really interesting, like, I guess, landmark for us. Yes. Um, so. I know that there are a lot of things in this country that are, or at least I feel, are going in the wrong direction. And I think that the idea of our elections being so questionable these days, you know, there, there's so much talk about, you know, a lot of misconduct and a lot of things going on. You know, the last thing that this country needs is to lose faith 
which they already have so little of in the political system. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember forever, like people, like so many people would say, well, I don't vote because my vote doesn't matter. You know, and a lot of that had to do more with like the electoral colleges and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. you know. But overall, I still think that it's important for you to cast a vote, you know, right. regardless of how that system actually works, right. right? But we're getting to a point now where like, it seems like every election cycle, there are these huge debates about who actually won any particular position. Sure. And so, like I said, I think that getting to a place where we can't even count on the votes that we're casting being counted correctly or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, shenanigans going on with that, that's a terrible place for us to be. Yes, 100% it is. And I think this has been going on since, probably since the 60s, mm-hmm. maybe even before. I mean, other countries, this goes on all the time. Right. Right. And and, and now but we're, we're becoming what we always say, look at those other countries, and now we're becoming that other country. Right. That the one that, mm-hmm. how, how do you trust the votes? Right. How do you, you know, there's, no matter what side, this side says this and that side says this, and, and you yeah. have to make an informed decision. Mm-hmm based on the information presented to you. Right. Um, there's people that believe the election was stolen, mm-hmm. and then there's other people that say it wasn't stolen, it was perfectly fine. Right. But when you're presented with evidence, cold hard evidence that shows, you know, mm-hmm. the tabulator machines weren't accepting the ballots. Mm-hmm. The, uh, it wasn't 20, it wasn't set for, you know, the, the 20 inch paper, it was set for 19 inch. Right. You know, there, there's all these different, you good? Okay, okay. Yeah. you got it. Yeah, there's all these different little pieces, and when you start adding these little pieces all together, mm-hmm. you build your case and you show that this wasn't on par here. This, why did this happen? This should have never happened. There's so many different parts and pieces, mm-hmm. and when you look at it in totality, was it enough to move the needle? Was it enough to show that, yeah. you know, that the, the, these votes weren't properly counted? Right. And there is enough, there is that evidence that's out there. Whether mm-hmm. you want to deny that it happened or didn't deny it, it, let's put, I think everything should have transparency and Maricopa County mm-hmm. is not providing the transparency. That's a problem right there. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing too is that like both sides have their own agendas and their own positions. And so obviously when things work in their favor, they say, yep, yeah, that's 100% legit. And when it doesn't, they say the exact opposite. That's right. You know? And they'll say, well, you know, this stuff doesn't happen until it, it's going against them. And then, then all of a sudden they're screaming just as louder and louder about how this was rigged and how this, right. you know. Well, Hil- Hillary Clinton said, you know, she did the same thing. When Trump yeah. won, she said, you know, he didn't, it's, it's, he cheated and, and Russia helped him. And mm-hmm. she was saying, you know, she was saying the same thing, but nobody talks about that. Right. Nobody calls her election denier. Nobody goes after her mm-hmm. because the media, the majority, Ninety-five percent of mm-hmm. the media is left of center, yeah, and they're all in on their agenda. They're all mm-hmm. in on the propaganda. Anytime you watch any of mainstream media, any of the major news stations, you watch the anchor. They have a line or phrase that they're going to say about whatever the topic is, mm-hmm. and then you could change the channel to the other stations, yeah. and they're all saying the exact same thing that's right. been written for them, mm-hmm. and they're totally different networks. Yeah. So they're yeah. saying it in the same cadence, in the same correct, literally word for word. Correct. Language. Correct. Yeah, I've seen those things. They're just side by side. It's like, and all of that sort of leads me back to the idea of like if you, 
if you follow the money and find out who's financing all of these things, it's always big tech corporations, pharmaceutical companies, yeah. right? So who's really in control of that whole situation? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that they're they're at least as far back as I can remember in in the '60s and '70s, we had what I would call real journalism, right? They they at least made a greater attempt to to search for the truth. If something was wrong, they'd say that that's wrong, right? Right. Um, now I think that. Everything is just this political, you know, tug of war back and forth. They're, nobody is doing the things that they're supposed to be doing. They're just kind of going with whatever they're being directed to say or do. Yes, yes, and 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 they're also friends with or involved with the political establishment. If if all these senators and congressmen that we've elected that are in office now, mm-hmm. if you had to grade them and say, hey, you know, we need to do a report card on you, right? What are you getting accomplished? Like, what are they accomplishing? Seriously, like, what are they doing for the majority of the people in this country? Mm-hmm. They're doing a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, they get nothing accomplished, and it's both. It's the uniparty. It's both. It's Democrats and Republicans. Right. Um, I talk to many people uh, weekly, mm-hmm. daily. I get calls. I talk to people all over this country. Uh, I talk to people that are in Washington. There, there's stuff that goes on that that. The majority of mm-hmm. Americans or people are just going about their lives, just trying to live their lives, pay their bills, whatever, watch, you know, en- enjoy their kids mm-hmm. and teach their kids to do the right thing, grow up and go to school and get a, you know, a good career. Most people are just so busy with their lives that they're not aware of the things that are going on. Mm-hmm. They're not aware of the, the different subject matter that goes on. And I think the news today is uh, so propagandized, no mm-hmm. matter which one you put on, right. no matter what station it is, there's so much propaganda. Yeah. And that's, you know, the Soviet Union was huge at propaganda. Right. Uh, the, the Soviet Union, the stuff that's going on today with the pushing of transgender stuff and uh, and all, you could just go no matter what subject you want to talk about and you just go through it. You look back and see what the Soviet Union had done. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost like it's identical. It's it's crazy the amount of, you know, the communist mm-hmm. uh, trying to just the change that has occurred in this country. Mm-hmm. And it's really changed a lot since COVID. I mean, prior to COVID, you know, there were issues and there were some problems. And, mm-hmm. of course, people hated Trump. Um, but they didn't hate him before he was president. Right. Right. Before he announced that he was going to run for president, all these people that hate him all liked him. Right. And uh, or they wanted his money. So they accepted him socially mm-hmm. and they would call him a friend and they, you know, they would want to be around him or take pictures with him. Right. But now that he's the president and when he got elected and then and he just because he was ran as a conservative. And again, he, you know, Trump was a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Um, there was lots of people. Some of the best presidents ever were Democrats. Ronald Reagan was a Democrat. Trump was a Democrat at one point, you know, so, okay. And, and now, you know, now that they just don't like Trump. So everything, and if you like Trump, mm-hmm. you're bad too. Right. So how does that, you know, how does the, the, the country's just changed. It's so polarizing. Right. Everywhere on every subject, on every topic, mm-hmm. no matter what you want to discuss, there's always this in your face. Uh, some people are just so anti or, you know, so aggressively anti mm-hmm. For no reason, you don't need to be. Right. People need to come back into the middle. 
I agree. Um, I think that it's interesting that in in a lot of cases, whatever the media is, is paying attention to is probably only there as a distraction from things that are really going on that yep. we need to be aware of, mm -hmm. right? So just recently there was the, the guy that leaked a whole bunch of, you know, documents, you know, mm -hmm. uh, classified documents. National Guard guy. Right. Mm -hmm. And rather than focusing on the documents, they focused on, well, we need to arrest this guy and, and punish him for doing this. It's like, okay, that that's all well and good, you know. However, why aren't you talking about the documents? Why aren't you talking about this information that we all should have had to begin with, you know, mm -hmm. and, and where we go from here? Yeah, it's like that with so many things. And it's, again, the news is just all propaganda now. It's yeah. what it's what they want to push. Right. It's not it's not giving you news. They're mm -hmm. not giving you information. Mm -hmm. Like you said back in, you know, in the 60s and the 70s, mm -hmm. they would put out I remember, you know, and back then there wasn't 24-hour news. Right. Uh, you know, you would tune in in the morning or tune in at like 6 p.m. for the news and then it was like a 10 or 11 o'clock depending on where you lived that mm -hmm. night. Right. And that was it. That was all the news, and it was in that hour. And, and they would just present you, this is what's going on. This is what's happening here. Mm -hmm. This is what's going on. Was there some propaganda in there? Yes, there was. Very, But yeah. it, was very, it, was, it was not the way it is today. Right. And they would give you the information, and you were informed about the events that it had been going on, whether it was locally, nationally, or internationally. Mm -hmm. You were informed by the news because that's how you got your information. It was either mm -hmm. watching the TV or listening right. to the radio or reading the newspaper. Yeah. Back um, when there was such a thing. Right. And then, <laughs> now people, I don't even know, I don't see any newspapers anymore. I mean, it's very, very rare yeah. that people read the paper. But uh, again, all of these organizations are all been, you know, how do you trust them at mm -hmm. this point? How, wh and who do you trust? And how right. do you, you know, you have to be, you have to be informed. Mm -hmm. But how do you get informed and know that the information that you're receiving is real? It's legitimate, yeah. You know, how do you, how do you do that? And it's... There's other forms of media now in this day and age with the internet, mm -hmm. and there's other ways that people can look and try and verify things. But again, back to what I said earlier, people are so busy in their daily lives that they mm -hmm. really have time to do all that. Right. When they're going to work, taking the dog to the vet, they're picking up the kid, they're taking the kid to soccer, they're doing, you know, there's, there's mm -hmm. so much going on right. that a lot of the general public doesn't pay attention. Yeah. Uh, and even the things that are being brought right in front of us and saying, So when, when Nixon, the whole Watergate scandal, when that whole thing happened, there was an actual real result, you know, they reported on it, they said this is a, a you know, a thing that we need to deal with, and he was uh, impeached, right? He resigned, yeah. he resigned and, and left because yeah. he knew what they had right. on him. But in this day and age, that exact same thing could be going on, everybody could be completely aware of it, and yet nothing would happen. Right. Not only would he not resign or be impeached, right. but everybody would just kind of like sweep it under the rug and just keep moving forward as usual, mm -hmm. right? And that's the part that really concerns me. We're getting to a point where we know for a fact all of these things are going on, mm -hmm. and there is zero accountability. There's there's nothing being done about it. Mm -hmm. You're right, and that's the biggest, I think, in this day and age, you just said that's the key word right there. Mm -hmm. You just said it. Accountability. Accountability. There is no accountability anymore to anyone, mm -hmm. even in the justice system. Like, where is the accountability for... You know, how, how much TV or how much did you watch on the TV of the rioting, people mm -hmm. rioting, destroying statues, uh, just crime on the streets, carjackings. There's so much. If you, I mean, you could look at They don't even put all this stuff up anymore because there's so much stuff happening. Right. 
and there's no accountability for any of it. The deal allowing hundreds of kids to you know loot a store, go in a store and take everything out of it, not one person gets charged. The state of California allowing you to go in and it's okay, you could steal up to nine hundred dollars worth of stuff. We can't charge you, so go in and take up to nine hundred bucks and then leave. Mm-hmm. You know, the, just the craziness, the thought of that. Right. Ten years ago, you would be like, no way, that's not. Who's going to allow that? Yeah. And it, but it's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and it's just uh, everything every year, and it just seems to be getting worse. I think, and there is no accountability. There's mm-hmm. no accountability for you know any of the politicians. Right. There's zero accountability on mm-hmm. either side. There's no accountability locally to people who do something wrong. There's no accountability to uh, other elected officials as well. If they mm-hmm. look at the uh, the corporate commission people or look at the the election uh, people that are in in the elector uh, here for Maricopa County. Mm-hmm. the elections office there's zero accountability like mm-hmm. what is happening right and without accountability and without justice you're going to have a lawless society mm-hmm. that is the way it is and it's getting worse all the time right so i don't know how to phrase the question exactly but like in your estimation do you see a way that we can course correct or start to move back the way we should be you probably don't want to hear what I have to say <laughs> about that, but you know, back in back a um, hundred years ago, uh-huh. the there was you know, people were, uh, let's say they were corrected publicly mm-hmm. in front of the public, right? Publicly, public corrections, yes, mm-hmm. and it kept people in line. Mm-hmm. They don't have that anymore, right? So not that I was ever a fan of this idea, but I mean, I, things have changed a lot since I was a kid. When I was in grade school, it was acceptable to be paddled if you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, and over time that became like a no-no, you couldn't touch students and so on and so forth. And that same sort of mentality has kind of applied to everything else also, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I work for the Department of Corrections, you know? There, I work, I've worked at a level five prison, you know, max custody prison, you know, and the inmates have quote unquote rights that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's not to say that we're, we should be in there abusing them because obviously that's not right, you know, but they're, they're, the inmates are getting more and more privilege, more and more freedoms, you know, without any accountability for the reason why they're there in the first place. Right. You know, right. so again, it leads back to that same thing. It's like we are consistently taking this, this frame of mind of, you know, to be softer and gentler to people who are doing things wrong. Right, and I don't, I don't understand how we just and back, yeah. back just what I just said. The, yeah. There is no justice. There is no accountability. Mm-hmm. Prison is not supposed to be a place where you could go and, and earn a degree and have fun and watch TV and mm-hmm. play ball. Basically, you know, and I'll tell you, I've talked to you know many people um, when I was in law enforcement. The the people you would arrest and the criminals they would be in the jail and they'd be like man they, they didn't want to be in jail at the local jail right because that was not good mm-hmm. you're 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 in lockdown you're in there you don't get to go out you get crappy meals you're with a bunch of other people right they all waited they wanted to go to prison mm-hmm. because prison was where you were free yeah prison you could work you could watch TV you could earn a degree you could work out you could do Basically, you're you're free all day. They open up your cell. You could go do whatever you want to do within the confines mm-hmm. of the prison, right. including having visits, having 
you know, relation, having stuff visited, you know, brought to you. And they would have all kinds of things. And then at night you just go in and you go to sleep and they, they lock it up or whatever. And then you come back out. So prison yeah. was the place to go. Yeah. Why would you want to be in jail if you did something wrong? You wanted to go to prison. Mm-hmm. And now they just keep making prison more and more. It's like, you know, people don't, you know, they don't care. They're just like, okay, I'll just go to prison, have the government take care of me. Last time I looked, I think it was like uh, maybe $40,000, $45,000 a year to take care of a prisoner, like per person, per, per, you know, for to feed them, have right. them their house. And, of course, they have full dentist, full doctor, full everything that they have. Yeah. So And they don't have to pay for any of it. Right, so they don't they don't need a, a job like they don't have to pay their bills or whatever. There's it's like so okay yeah I'll go to prison for fifteen or twenty years. Right, I've actually seen inmates that are really like young like twenties to thirties that are in there for no real apparent reason. It's not like they were like vicious criminals or something like that, but they did something to earn their way into prison, right? And they're getting free medical, so. Mm-hmm. There's a kid in there that, that has dialysis. He's on dialysis, right? And I strongly suspect that he did whatever it was he needed to do just to get into prison so he could get this, this treatment, you know, and not just die. Because he couldn't get it yeah, on the outside. because he couldn't afford a dick. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's a ridiculous notion. Right. So Prison's not supposed to be fun. No. It's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be punishment. Right. And, it, and if you go, and I've been to some prisons in third world countries. I've been to some prisons in South America. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing like what we have here. Right. Zero. It's like nothing. Zero. You know, and some of the jail places down there, they don't even feed you. If your family doesn't bring you food for the mm-hmm. day, then you get nothing to eat. Wow. You know, it's just here, it's the big luxury. And what's going to happen when it all comes crashing down? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was the, the observation that I made in the, in the first year that I was there, just kind of watching how we were treating the inmates, what they were doing, they're just daily the way that they conduct themselves. Prison is not an actual punishment. It's just a giant timeout. They're just there doing their time Correct. until they get back out and do whatever they're going to do. Right. Right? Yeah. That's a good way of thinking. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And so... It's not like jail. So jail's different. Like I said, jail is different. The local mm-hmm. jail, your local police department or sheriff's office, whoever runs it, depending on where you are in the country, people don't like being in jail. It's dark. You're with other people. You know, you, there's one TV, and you all got to fight over what TV you could watch. They tell you when you could eat, what you could eat, and usually it's green eggs and ham or some some <laughs> right. nonsense that you do. It's disgusting. Right. And and so you know, they, the the criminal's mindset is they want to get done with whatever it is they did, go to court, get it adjudicated, and move on to either get out of jail or go to prison where right. yeah. they'll be treated better. That's just crazy. Uh, so kind of shifting gears a little bit, um, in the past, when you were in law enforcement at some point, were you working with anti-human traffickers? Uh, I was in sex, I investigated, I was in special victims for about nine and a half, almost 10 years. So, and I was on a couple task force. Yeah. So, and I know surprisingly little about that. I, I mean, I get the general idea of, of, uh, how they kind of monitor the, the people they, 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 they get a, a concept of like who's in charge, what they're doing, you know. Um, but like, how does that whole thing kind of work, if that makes sense? So I'll give you a different example. I was, I listened to, uh, uh, 
Tim Kennedy, and he was talking about he's, his experience doing the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. And he said that they would put together these whole profiles. They, they'd, they'd monitor, you know, like some group or some organization. You know, they knew exactly who was in charge. They knew exactly how they mm-hmm. were running the business. They knew all of these details, and they would, you know, put the package together and say, okay, we're ready to go get them, and then nothing would happen right. because they couldn't prosecute for one reason or another. Right. Or, it's always, a lot of this stuff always falls on, you know, the jurisdiction of prosecution. Mm-hmm. So there was many times where we could bring cases for, you know, we suspect, for instance, if we suspected you of doing something, mm-hmm. we have a little bit of evidence and we want to get you off the street and we'd say, you know, we want to go arrest this person. Mm-hmm. We would present it to the local prosecutor because they're the ones that have to take it to court. They would either give you the yes or no, go ahead and do it or, or don't do it. And right. For legal purposes, and I'm not an attorney, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer, but... They said, no, you're not going to do it. You need to get more. You need more evidence before we can proceed. Um, they were kind of like the final say-all on, I mean, you could, by state statute, go mm-hmm. ahead. You have probable cause. You can go make the arrest, but it doesn't mean the case is going to be prosecuted. Mm-hmm. So it's not in your best interest just because you want to get someone off the street to arrest them mm-hmm. um, without the full apparatus of the county prosecutor or whatever you have in your jurisdiction mm-hmm. behind you to help you assist you get them through the whole court process and to receive you know a conviction mm-hmm. a lot of times they just say no don't uh, not right now do some further investigation right and that's what and I'm guessing that there's a lot of that 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 goes on especially with the human trafficking and the sex trafficking right um, a lot of it uh, and and it's all over it's all over the whole country it's everywhere Right. Like you, you think people are coming, and I'll give you an example. I was just down at, um, and this not that they were trafficked, but the amount of, um, of bad and evil that exists. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just down at uh, the Yuma sector. Uh, I was on the border. I was down there um, with a, a candidate for office, and they were taking a, a tour of the border with the Border Patrol. Okay. And while we, we had been down there, um, there was a bunch of people that had crossed the border during, in the open area mm-hmm. uh, of the, the border wall. There's an open area where you could just walk across. Like you just, yeah. and you could you could walk right into Mexico if you want to, and just walk across, and there's nobody there. Right. But that's where all the coyotes are, and the trafficking is going on. They're pushing mm-hmm. people into the U.S. Mm-hmm. And it is a it is an invasion. I mean, because if you were doing this to another country, they wouldn't accept it. They right. wouldn't allow it. Yeah. And it's happening here. And the Border Patrol is, you know, so understaffed. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, working more administratively and doing things other than being on the border trying to catch, you know, catch people. Right. So while I was down there, we're, we're there, and we could see there, was a, there had been an incident. And I don't know if you're familiar with this um, or heard about this. You may have. I think there was a um, documentary on it. Down there, there's something called a rape tree. Okay. That's down. It's on the Mexican side mm-hmm. where the coyotes are bringing these people that have paid them to come mm-hmm. to the U.S. Right. And they'll, you know, rape women or, or girls or whoever prior to them getting into the U.S. So if you go to this rape tree that's down there, there's nothing but plan B, condoms, panties and stuff all over and in the tree and around the tree. So we're not too far from that area. Right where that is, actually. Right. And uh, there was a, um, a couple. It was a, um, a man, a woman, and a little baby. And um, that had just been 
prior. You know, they, they had gone from Cancun over to, they brought them over to the, the West Coast over to, towards Yuma, mm-hmm. and then they would, from there, they bus them over to where they would cross in the Yuma sector. Right. So actually, these people aren't really the ones that are paying these coyotes. A lot of people believe that these people coming into the U.S. are walking through the desert for days. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some are. Right. But the majority of them are not. They're not walking. They, they don't even walk a mile. They're, 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 right. they're brought in on a plane. They're brought in by bus. They're, they're put up in a location until they're, you know, because they're paying to be crossed. Mm-hmm. They're paying the cartel. So as they come across, um, they're, they're really actually probably walking maybe about a mile mm-hmm. from Mexico to the U.S. Mm-hmm. So you, as all these people come across and you see them, they're all perfectly clean. Like they had just, they took a shower the night before. Right. They have clean clothes. They look clean. They're, you know, and they're from all different nations. When I was down there, there was, there was Sikhs. There was, there, was, there was people from all the different Latino nations. There was people from Africa. There was people from all over who were all in line that the Border Patrol was putting on buses. Mm-hmm. But the one couple that had been there, I was explaining to the Border Patrol that prior to crossing, um, they wanted more money from the family. So the family had paid something like fifteen to 18000 like total, for the wow. three of them for, to come into the U.S., to the, to the Coyotes. Right. Um, they wanted more money. Mm-hmm. So they made the woman take off her clothes. She didn't want to. So they tell her to strip, take off all your clothes. She didn't want to, so... The husband's holding the baby. They put a gun to the husband's head, said, we're going to kill him if you don't take your clothes off. So she takes her clothes off. She has no, they have no more money, but the coyotes rape her in front of the husband at gunpoint. Yeah. And then release them to walk into the U.S., where then they reported what happened to the Border Patrol. Now, that's just, that's just one occurrence, okay? Right. That's happening on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. That's happening all the time. Some people, whether they're numb to it, whether they realize what's happening or not realizing it, maybe they hear something about it in the news. Mm-hmm. But this is affecting Pete. This is real life stuff that's happening every day on, on along the border in mm-hmm. Texas, Arizona, California. Right. And there's not enough resources to combat this. Why? I mean, why is the administration allowing this to happen? Mm-hmm. At least several years ago, we didn't have movement on the border because it was basically on lockdown. Mm-hmm. Now they're allowing it to happen. I mean, what's the, I mean, what's the yeah. other answer? I mean, there, I mean there's, there's no other answer other than the administration's allowing it to happen. Right. Yeah. It's so hard to think about things like that and understand that it's happening. And again, there are lots of people that are well aware of it, and nothing, nothing's being done. Nothing. You know? Like the, and the Border Patrol, really, they, they are trying. Mm-hmm. They want to do their job. Right. They, they want to be, they want to, but they're not allowed to. They're, they're being tasked to do other things or, or you know, the yeah. doing, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. If they would just do what they're supposed to do, why they were created to do what they do, mm-hmm. and I think they would be able to handle it. But right. I, I think there's other, you know, there's powers to be and the people who make decisions. Mm-hmm. There's still, look what was going on when we were sending all, ATF was sending all the guns over to Mexico. Yeah. I mean, there's still, again, yeah, fast and furious. So there's still no, where's the accountability? Yeah. There's no accountability. Again, everything is so far out of control. Like, 
nobody knows who to do what to anymore yeah. because there's so much. Right. It's just run amok. And that was under Obama, correct? Yep. Yeah. So, so kind of a different point on that is that there's the the issue with drugs, specifically fentanyl, mm-hmm. that's coming across the border. Mm-hmm. And as I understand it, a, a large majority of that is being supplied by China. Mm-hmm. Well, the fentanyl, the, yeah. the chemical to make the fentanyl, yeah. But they're yeah. actually they are making it and they're making it in Mexico. Right. So this is a point that I think that most people either aren't aware of or they're just not paying attention. We have been in a cold war with China. Yes, for a long time. Correct, and 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 I think a lot of people don't. A lot of people think that. How to just phrase this so it's not. China, I would say China is our enemy, right? But it's not. It's not the Chinese people. Correct. It's the Chinese government. Mm-hmm. China is the enemy. There's people in China, the Chinese people, that don't like their government as either. Right. Yeah. Um, and they don't want their government, and I think they would probably rather be a democratic society. But they have no choice. I mean, you, you you can't you know, you can't even escape there. And and they show you, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in China that we don't see here, mm-hmm. because they block. They have the ability, like the Soviet Union did, like North Korea does. Mm-hmm. They're able to minimize or block a lot of the information or things that are going on in their country where we, right. where we can't see it. Um, I'm sure that our government and the intelligence apparatus knows what's going on, but it's mm. not disseminated. There's a lot of information that is just kept. Right. I'll tell you that the intelligence agency in this country collects everything. Like, everything is collected, documented, and stored. Right. And you could find pretty much anything you want regarding any political figure anywhere in any country in the world. But a lot of this, you know, the stuff isn't made public. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's another issue. Everything is always from this government. Everything is hidden under this, you know, national security. It's of a national security nature. We can't talk about it. We can't tell you. But you know, the government is you know created, and everything that the government does was created for the people, mm-hmm. right? By the people. We're supposed to, you know, if the, I understand when there is a serious threat, they put something out about it. Right, but there's numerous things that are going on that they never discuss, or they close or seal records from right. the time. I mean, look at, say, for the JFK assassination. Right. Every this will be sealed until you know f- you know 500 years from now. Why? Why does it need to be sealed that long? Nobody, nobody involved is going to be alive by then. What's it even matter? Why don't you yeah. just talk about what you know what's really in there? Mm-hmm. And it, you know, and recently it's even come out that even Kennedy's. You know, descendant, and they know now that the fact that the government was involved in killing Kennedy. Right. <laughs> it's just it, it, there's, but nobody talks. It's like that's that's that was so long ago, mm-hmm. and people are just living their lives. They're just in their lane, going down the road, not thinking about right any of that because they got other stuff to do. Right. I think that a lot of that comes down to even knowing or hearing these things. Most people. On a day-to-day basis, they get up and they go to work and they do whatever they're doing. They spend time with their family, and it's not impacting them directly enough for it to matter, mm-hmm. or for you know. So um, that's right. It, it's just so easy to like say, "Well, that's over there. Mm-hmm. It's not here." It's the same sort of thought process that says, "Well, I've never been in a car accident, therefore I don't need to worry about being in one." It's like, well, that's that's not how things work. 
you know, nobody's ever broken into my house, so I don't have to worry about it. I don't need protection. I don't need a dog. I don't need an alarm system. I don't need a gun. I don't need lock your you door know, to lock. Yeah, you know, I, I don't need to take any steps whatsoever to to be protected. You right. know, um, how many people have or don't have any kind of like uh, a uh, like a fire alarm system other than the little thing that's built on the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, how many how many people actually have a, a fire hydrant or some means of putting out fire? Just because your house hasn't burned down doesn't mean it can't. Right. You know, and it's the wrong way to think about things. It is. Preparedness is, is everything. That's it. Everything. Yeah. And, and, you know, talking about being prepared, in, in your instance there, I mean, the stuff going on right now mm-hmm. with the U.S. dollar is, and, and a lot of people, again, going about their lives, not paying attention. The U.S. dollar is, you know, falling. Mm-hmm. And it's about ready to not be the world currency. Wow. And... And when that happens, right. and things start to happen, and, and they start to snowball, you know, this, I would just say, go look at some, Google some, or go to YouTube and look up some video of Venezuela. Go look yeah. at what happened to Venezuela. So I was in, I was in Venezuela, I was in Venezuela in 1992 or three, 93, we mm-hmm. were in Venezuela. Right. I've been to probably I've been to like seven or eight, uh, eight, eight countries in South America, and we were there for several weeks when I was in the military, doing, um, you know, training with the Venezuelan police, mm-hmm. and it was a beautiful place. It was it was a ex it was a it was a you know it was pretty populated in, in Caracas, but. It was a beautiful place, and it mm-hmm. was of, of proud people, beautiful heritage, and they had money and they had all. Go look at it now. Go look at the video. Go look at what happened mm-hmm. when they're the you know, the. It's sad. You you got people that can't even buy a loaf of bread. You got women, uh, wives, and and kids prostituting themselves for food just to eat, because of the crash of you know of the money, and and yeah. that could happen. Everyone thinks, and this is, you know, you think this can't happen here. It's never right. going to happen in the U.S. You know, right? Three, uh, what happened? You know, COVID. Nobody thought that that would happen. You know, how, yeah. that would never happen. What about the? Not only just money. What about our water supply? What right. about what about the uh, the grid? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people don't know or are not informed that the our grid in the United States for power grid. All some terrorist or organization or whoever, you could if you want anyway. If mm-hmm. you take out nine stations, there's strategically nine stations across the U.S., mm-hmm. power station. If you take them out, the whole grid's gone. Right. Gone. Like no electricity. We're back into 1800s. Yeah, that's a scary, scary no, idea. No, especially for here. No no air conditioning. Right. Here in the Valley, no that's refrigeration, a big deal. No refrigeration. No nothing. Right. And then no electricity. What's that? No, not can't pump your gas. And then mm-hmm. how long? You know, can't refine gas. You can't. How long is everything going to last? Mm-hmm. How long is there going to be food in a store? We saw we saw what happened in COVID. Mm-hmm. The stores were empty in what three days? Right. Maybe three days. You go in there and try and get something, and there was nothing on the shelves. Yeah, I've I've mentioned that before. That that was literally the scariest thing I've ever seen. I walked into a grocery store, walked into a Winko, and there was no food. Nothing. Right. Nothing. So every every store in the United States right now, supermarket, basically there's about 
two to three days worth of food in that store mm-hmm. based uh, and of course they're all placed these these in, in certain areas based on you know population size and growth is depending on how many I mean they do surveys and things before they open new stores and they figure out where their customers are going to come from is it sustainable is it profitable to be able to open a store here right so you got to figure there's grocery stores based on population of neighborhoods and cities and and each of those because of the trucking and trucks have to bring the groceries to them the the grocery store doesn't have a never-ending supply of of things on the shelves it mm-hmm. gets brought in daily every day there's trucks that arrive to all these supermarkets to stock the shelves right so once the stuff the truck stop rolling you maybe have two or three days and those stores will be wiped clean yeah and then what and then what do you do yeah so the people that don't have any preparedness whatsoever right are completely screwed right and then and mm-hmm. then what happens and then again back to the lawlessness mm-hmm. Uh, people in mobs, if you don't think that there's going to be groups of people in mm-hmm. mobs going door to door down streets to try and get whatever they can, whether it's, you know, money will probably be worthless, but gold isn't, mm-hmm. silver isn't, uh, other things aren't, ammunition, uh, firearms, wh- whatever whatever it may be, people are going to want to steal it. Gasoline, right. if you have it stored, diesel, if you have it stored, any, anything that could be a commodity at that yeah. point. And there's going to be bands of people going around trying to take what you have. Right. And that's just, it is what it is. That's just, you know, and this is nothing, it's, it's not um, hard to figure out, but people don't think about it. They right. just don't think about it, and they don't think it could happen here. Yeah, like I said, that's the big thing. It's like they're all pretty convinced that it's never happened before, so it's, it's just not possible it can't you know i i talked to people i talked to one guy that i work with and he's in his 20s and he's pretty convinced that that the the united states will never be outgunned by any other country that will always be the number one military power in the world it's like that's reasonable uh, an idea but it isn't necessarily true because we're no longer boots on the ground everybody's got a rifle warfare now it's all cyber mm-hmm. and that's right. you know missiles it's missiles drones yeah missiles drones and defense systems cyber right. you know that but boots on the ground we're lacking sorely mm-hmm. lacking if uh if, if china wanted to come here they right you know it wouldn't be good because at this point the things going on in the and now the military is even when you watch the military the stuff that they're teaching and promoting this woke agenda right. and um, you know, timeout cards, and I mean, they just let everybody, you know, do what they want. It's, it's almost like there's no more discipline, right? And and, and and nobody wants to, you know. Back when I was in the military, I mean, I love being in the military. I thought it was, and I think everybody should go. And, and like some you know, some countries do make that mandatory, like Israel, right. like Israel, yes. Israel, Colombia. You know, when you turn, so you have to go into the military, and you mm-hmm. have to serve your two or three years, whatever it is. And I think that's good. I think everybody should experience that. Right. Um, but now, and, and you know the way the stories I hear, and my son, my son is currently in in the, in the Navy, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I hear he tells me all the stories, the the, the stuff that he sees going on, mm-hmm. and I have a couple other friends that went in the Air Force and and an Army that are just like waiting to leave. They can't wait to retire. Because it's changed. It's right. not what it used to be. 
and they're not really effective. They're not going to be, you know, when we're talking boots on the ground, mm-hmm. hand-to-hand, you know, rifle. And, and, and I don't think the next war would be that anyway, but I still think that it's still the people that operate and make the unit or the military what it is. Right. And if the people aren't properly trained, if they don't have the proper discipline, and if they're, you know, uh, I'm worried about that, you know, oh, this guy's a transgender. I don't, you know, why is he in this, my bathroom or, you know, this is all craziness. Right. It, it shouldn't be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, it's where we're at. Yeah. So my son, Hunter, who's typically here with us, uh, he, when he was in uh, his AIT, his advanced training, right? Mm-hmm. I went down to visit him and they had like in the, in the reception area, like of his barracks, they have like a table and a, and a big, um, like a big board, and it was just covered with all of this information about, you know, um, rape. Uh, uh, you know, and like everywhere that the the soldiers went, they have to have a battle buddy because apparently this is such a big thing, or that it's happening so often that they can't be allowed to like walk anywhere by themselves. Crazy. That's, never heard, that's never ridiculous. heard of any of that. When I was in the military, that was never yeah. that was never even a subject. Like that was never right. Never talked about. So I, I just looked at that, and it, it just the sheer amount of information they had about it is like, why is this a thing? You know, I, I don't understand. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it is the, the readiness of the military is so. You know, and don't don't. I'm not saying it's every unit. I'm not saying it's across the board everywhere. Right. I mean, there's still. But I, I I am hearing about it from you know even in special operations command, and some some other some units that there's the readiness and the people who are in. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of some of the people could be questionable as to why they're there and what they're doing. Yeah. And I and I've even heard from friends of mine who are you know who have retired from the teams or. Like, you know, they go back and they try to visit or you go out and you see it's they're like, that's not what it was when I went through. Right. The training is not the same. The, the, everything is, seems to be, we need to make, make you, you know, feel good. Yes. You have to feel, it's a feel good. Oh, I'm sorry to, I don't want to yell at you. I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings, you know. Right. It's a touchy-feely and it's just, a, it shouldn't be that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It affects the readiness. It totally it, yeah, affects the readiness and, and, and the mission. And when I see different militaries, like the Air Force, I saw something just recently where they're actually lowering some of their standards because not enough people can meet it right. to, to supply. Right. Like, across the board, the military is not hitting their numbers for recruitment across right. the board. Mm-hmm. And now with uh, the amount of people that are going to be retiring soon, there's even mm-hmm. going to be less. Right. Um, so it's a real issue. So um, the then another question is like how much of that is a people are just too fat and lazy and they're not even trying to meet the requirements to begin with and they just figured well i'm gonna half-ass it or they're so disgusted with what they see in our government and in the way things are going that they don't want to be a part of the military they don't want to right they don't i think it's a little i think it's a little of all of that and i think Mm -hmm. it's also how many states now Mm -hmm. have legalized marijuana uh, and people just want to, what, what do they want you to do? Ever since COVID, everything they tell you to do is stay home. Stay home. Stay yeah. home. Stay home. Here's some video games. Stay home. Mm-hmm. Movie. You could stream everything. What happened with, like before you wanted to go to see a movie, you'd go to the movie theater. Right. Right. 
Well, no, you don't even need to go to a movie theater now. No. You could stream the movie in the movie theater at your house. Right. So stay. At the same time that it's actually in the theater. Correct. Yeah. So <laughs> everything is based towards, and I don't know if you're aware of, and I've been following this, um, this 15-mile city theory. No. Are you aware of that? So they're experimenting right now in England um, in three major areas in England with this 15-mile city theory. Basically, the government's going to tell you mm-hmm. that everything that you need to survive is available to you within this 15 miles of where you live. Okay. Right? You don't need to leave there. You leave. You stay in this 15 miles. Now, you'll be allowed so many passes per year to leave that 15-mile city to go visit people or right. go do whatever you want to do, but it's only, you can only use the pass and it's only good for the time that the you know, so this has been going on. You could you could look it up. Uh-huh. Um, these, these are all they're experimenting with this, but they want to move to this. They want to keep people in a certain area contained. Right. They want to keep you at home. Let's give you some more. Let's legalize more drugs. Let's get you. You know, you can smoke marijuana, play video games, watch TV. We'll deliver all your food. You could you know anything you want. It'll all be provided for you. Just. Just stay here. Don't do anything. That is terrifying. Look it up. It's, because it's a, it's, a, it's a real thing. <laughs> because once people accept that as a, as a norm, then there's no limit to how much more they can limit their right. freedom. Right. You know. Right. Look up. Look up to. Did you see that the FDA just approved uh, starting next month? FDA has approved the injection of. MNRA technology into uh, beef and chicken. No. That's a, probably a whole, you could probably do a whole nother podcast <laughs> on that. Wow. There's a lot of things that are going on that people just, like I said, they don't pay attention. Right. Um, I, I scour different sites every day to get news and just try and figure out what's real, what's not real. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that's out there that's stories that aren't even real. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that uh, you know, which it's propaganda, but they'll run with it and they'll put out a story, you know, whatever the case may be. This person did this to somebody and it's just, it's all distractions. It's all. Right. You need to be able to. If you didn't see it with your own eyes, a lot of this stuff, if you're not in some places and don't see this stuff, you're just yeah. like, yeah, there's no way. Is that real? Well, so yeah. You see the stuff, I mean, the stuff going on with attacking people on college campuses, too. Yeah. You know, you can't even go and speak your mind anymore. You're not allowed to go speak and say, this is what I believe in without being mm-hmm. attacked f- right. from, uh, you know, whatever organization is, doesn't like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, that's not America. No. So kind of on that front also, our technology to to digitally create images of people mm-hmm. is getting very sophisticated. AI, yeah. You know, and it's like how much longer before you can't tell? You can, Yeah, you can't tell in a lot of the stuff now. You know, There's, what you're looking at I is see, actually real or not. Yeah, I see a lot of – because I'm a photo- – I mean, I do, I do lots of photography. I do mm-hmm. photography every day. And I work with Lightroom and Photoshop every day mm-hmm. with photos. And AI is just like another level. Like you could do stuff in Photoshop and you can, there's a lot of photos that you may see that are Photoshopped out there that aren't even real. And a good example of that is they'll put Trump, they could put Trump in 
and say he he did this or was with this person and the photo is really not even a real photo it was just totally photoshopped put together right. but it looks mm -hmm. real with ai it's a different story with ai the, it, it really it's coming it's, it's a life of its own yeah and it's almost going to be uh, I think I saw an interview with Elon Musk when he was talking about it. And he said, you know, AI is just, it's dangerous. It is. It's yeah. super dangerous. And it just keeps evolving to mm -hmm. a point where it's going to, it could take over everything. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's scary. Makes you think about, uh, <laughs> I'm not saying it's good, but it makes you think about that, like, like uh, the movie The Terminator. Right. Where the computers take over. Yeah. Skynet. Yeah. Uh, Skynet or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that possible? I don't, you know, um, yeah. I could be. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying right. it, I, maybe it could be. I, you know, the amount of technology today is it's scary. So if you look at it from this front, so almost every bit of technology that we have at one point was considered science fiction. Right. You know, going all the way back, yeah. Uh, you know, our, yeah. our smartphones, our watches, like it, just every bit of technology, you know, fucking the sliding doors at a, at a grocery store. Right. You know. All of that was just made up stuff for Star Trek, for Flash Gordon, for mm -hmm. as far back as you want to go. Yeah. Right? It was all Dick Tracy, you know? Yeah. That's my favorite. That was my favorite. I used to love Dick Tracy. I was watching in the 70s. Mm -hmm. And uh, we would see Dick Tracy had the, his watch that uh -huh. he talked into. It was his radio. And now, look, I got a yeah. my iWatch, the, the uh, Apple iWatch. Right. Does that exactly that. Yeah. And so... If you, if you look at it from that angle and you look at, like, the stories that are told of this is what could happen when those things get out of control, like Terminator or any other kind of AI uh, dystopian sort of future that you've ever seen, it's the same idea. We went from there to here, and it's entirely possible we go from here to there, you know? Yes. It's just... There's technology that we have, and that's, you know, I think if you watch um, Dr. Greer... Um, if you watch his YouTube, and you know a lot of people f think he's whether you think he's real or he's fake or whatever you think, Dr. Greer's been talking about that that there's technology that we have that mm -hmm. the U.S. government knows about, which is so top secret that even the president doesn't know about it that they keep it, it because basically our government is not our government anymore. Our government is run by major corporations. Yeah. Right? Our, our government is run by the big power players. Mm -hmm. Boeing, Raytheon, McDonnell Douglas. Uh, I mean, there's 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 tons. You, could, you know, BlackRock. You could go down a, a bunch of all these companies, and they're the ones who are really making things, making the decisions. Mm -hmm. um, they everything that they do affects everybody's lives, right. but you don't know it mm -hmm. because they are what is really is. I know Trump and other people talk about the deep state. But this really is. It's the deep, deep state. Yeah. It's what's behind the federal government and what's going on. And they're making decisions not by the, the people you elected or you put in office to make the decisions that you're, you know, you voted for this person because they're going to go and represent you. And they're not because these companies come in mm -hmm. and they take control over everything. Right. And they are running everything, whether – and. I mean, you don't have to believe me, or I mean, if you do all the research, you will see. You you mm -hmm. could you could look all the stuff, and, and most of it's publicly available. Right. It's definitely publicly available. All this, you just have to know where to look. Yeah. And 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 or know who to talk to, and know who the people who are involved. 
But Dr. Greer has been saying, as far as technology, that we do have uh, technology. For instance, um, years ago, there was a guy who invented a, uh, a motor for a car, a car motor that ran on water. Right. Or even salt water. Like you put water in it and it ran. Right. So it was, who do you think, what happened? So a big car company comes along and gives him all this money right. for that, and then they just made it disappear. Yep. Because why? They would put the oil business, which is the largest market in the world, they right. would put the oil business out of business. Out of business, right. So now uh, when you listen to Dr. Greer, and I don't, I'm not talking, uh, and Dr. Greer, you know, he's, he's the researcher, UFO researcher, and, you know, SETI and, and all those things. Mm -hmm. A lot of people may believe in extraterrestrial life. They may or may not. That's up to you. Um, but he, he talks, and a lot of the stuff that he talks about makes a, it's a lot of sense, mm -hmm. and that there's technology out there today, right now, that is electromagnetic technology, where we could get rid of, like, car motors, and we could run... Um, motors and power and electrical grid based on these boxes that create this energy. Hmm. And the government knows and has all the information on it, but they're not releasing it. Because again, if, if everybody had, if you had a little box the size of this recording device mm -hmm. and it was able to power your car, you would never need gasoline again. Right. What would happen to the oil business? They're, what, they're would, what would happen to the world? Because it affect whatever happens to the oil business affects the entire world, right? Because of the money, because of you know, just the way everything in the world is connected mm -hmm. through the, the different economies. It's, it's uh, they don't want it to happen, not yet, right? Not until it's in their best interest, mm -hmm. and even then it becomes governed and regulated to an extent where we're not in control of it. They are right. Now, there's so. somebody here. There's actually somebody here. Um, and if you, I was watching a um, Dr. Greer recently, and he was talking about being here. He was staying in Paradise Valley, mm -hmm. and he went out with a friend of his that has one of these devices here in Arizona. Okay. Um, and he talks about how it's it's on, the power is unreal. How, how and how the how the device works. Right. Um, Again, a lot of people think, oh, I don't believe in that. It's hocus pocus magic, you know. But yeah, when when you see these things for yourself and you're just like, you know, I'm, I'm not the greatest at science or understanding how things work. But mm -hmm. when you see, I mean, you, you unless it's some great magic trick. Right. Uh, which, you know, these aren't. These devices work. Um, it's hard not to believe. Right. So... With all of this that we're talking about, and it's a lot. I mean, we could just keep going deeper and deeper into all of it, right? So I always sort of come back to this idea that there are so many things that are going on that we don't have any control over. Mm -hmm. But the things we do have control over is ourselves, mm -hmm. right? Right. The, you have complete control over what you do with your day mm -hmm. every day of your life, mm -hmm. okay? Most to, people do. To, to, to an extent. Most people know? do. Most people are still, if I use the term slaves, but we are. Right. We're all slaves to, you're slave to your job. If mm -hmm. you have a job, yes, you're a slave to that job. You're, mm -hmm. not, you're not really free mm -hmm. because you got to go to work because you want money and you're told to be there at a certain time, certain place. Oh, you could go have lunch from this amount of time to this place. You could go do, well, you know, the majority of people right. are slaves to their lives. 
to their own life. Right. Um, I am not anymore. I mean, I'm, I work for myself. Right. I decide what I do when I want to do it. When I, who, I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some people can't do that. Right. Um, I mean, a lot, a lot of people, people don't, don't or people who worked for themselves, they, yeah. they do. But most people don't realize that they're a slave to themselves mm-hmm. and to their lives or the, the life that they're living mm-hmm. because of just the need to be able to earn an income to pay for things. Right. Things that you don't like, you don't need, like you don't yeah. need anything. Like, I, and, the, and the older I get, the less I want. Right. Like, you know, back when you're young, you're like, oh man, I'm going to have, you know, whatever. I'm going to have this big house and a boat and a motorcycle and a car and blah, 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 blah. So you're like, oh, that's great. Yeah. And now, like the older I get, and now, you know, in my 50s, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want anything. Like you, everything you have, you, when you die, you can't b- take it with you. Sure. It, it doesn't go with you. It just stays here and it's just junk. Right. Like everything that comes out of China, anything you want to buy at Walmart, anything that you need, almost everything is plastic junk. Yeah. You, you really don't need any of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've been trying to get rid of stuff. I'm just getting rid of this because it's unimportant. Right. What's more important is like relationships yeah. and being able to call somebody and have a relationship with somebody and trust them and, and building these different relationships and people mm-hmm. is way more important than having things. Yes. Um, things just help you get through your day, maybe, right? right? Back 10,000 years ago, man did not have things. Right. They had nothing. All they, were, all they wanted to do was find something to eat. Right. <laughs> and that was it, right? Yep. So, so now there's all these things around us, but we don't need them. So I, uh, I may or may not have told this story on the podcast before, but um, I was I had lived in Washington since I was two years old, and every year I hated the fucking weather just a little bit more. Okay, so I decided that I wanted to get as far away from rain as possible, and Arizona is what I chose. Right, so I waited until my son was graduated from high school. Right. Um, but as soon as he graduated, we started making plans and we started mm-hmm. selling everything that we owned. We got rid of everything. I had a small, it was a Ford Ranger, uh, at the time. And literally anything that didn't fit in that truck did not come with us to Arizona. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we, we came here, had never been here before, didn't know anybody. We didn't have jobs. We just like completely sight unseen decided we're going to drive and go live in Arizona. Right. And the place that I had thought what we had arranged, you know, was somebody that was going to rent a room for us in, in their house. You know, when we got here, they, they backed out. So for the first three days that we lived in Arizona, we lived in that truck. Okay. We had almost nothing other than literally what was in the truck. Right. So we had money. We bought food. I had a gym membership, went there and took showers, you know, and that, that's all. It was in that space of time that I realized you don't need anything. You know, I had my son that we were together. That was the only really important thing. And from there, we would figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, it took a little bit of time. We, we ended up getting a place. We got jobs. We, we moved forward. And we've right. been here for eight years Everybody now. could start from scratch anywhere, anytime. Yeah. But it's hard to tell people to break away from that. Right. It's hard to tell somebody, just pick up and go. Right. Everything will be okay. Yeah. Just pick up and go. Just take every day, put one foot in front of the other, mm-hmm. and just keep pressing on right everything will be okay yeah but uh, you can't tell i mean people who live and have a good life and have Mm -hmm. a nice life they don't want to give it up yeah because they're comfortable they're comfortable right 
and they don't want to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's funny, I had a similar story. I did, well, I, when I retired, I moved out here. But I, I, you know, I, I had friends here, and I've been here. And, you know, I, 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 I purposely, when I retired, moved here because this is where I wanted to live. Right. Because this is probably the best place in the country to live. Yeah. I, I think so. And I've been to many places. I've been to, I've been to every, I've been to all but four states in the United States. And, and when, I, when I mean by been to them, I, I just, I don't mean, oh, I just drove through that state. Right. I've been to all the states, stayed in the states, whether it was a day or two mm-hmm. or, three, you know, whatever, and just explored things there. Not just a drive through. Um, right. And, and I see the economies. I see the way. I mean, there's, there's other places to live that are fantastic in the United States, too. Yeah. That I really like. But this is the place that I, I came to. Because I think it's when you add up everything, it's probably other than the extreme heat in the summer, mm-hmm. it's probably the best place to live. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I absolutely love. In fact, I can't tell you enough how much I love living here. Yeah. You know, like I said, we've been here for eight years now, and every so often I'm driving, and I'll look out across the landscape or look up at the blue sky, and it's like, and I'll still say it out loud. It's like, I love living here. Yeah. I really do. And we can't lose it. That's the big thing is I'm afraid that um, the left, you know, the amount of people pouring in from California and all these other places, mm-hmm. um, the stuff going on with the state legislature the, and, the, and, the, and the government, the governor, uh, who's not really the governor, but it's the governor yes. <laughs> here, uh, the things that she's doing are just ruining the state right now. The state, which is such an awesome state, is, get, is, is beginning to be ruined. Yeah, that worries me. So, but again, going back to what I was saying earlier, like the things that people do have control over is what they do with their time. Even if they, if it's limited, right? Everybody has the, the ability to decide whether they're going to eat healthy or they're going to eat shit. Mm-hmm. Everybody has the, the ability to decide, am I going to work out today? That could be doing push-ups and sit-ups in your living room. You know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, going outside to run, mm-hmm. you know. You, you can make those decisions. You can make the decision. Am I going to take the time to practice a martial art so I know how to defend myself? Am I going to take the time to learn how to use firearms mm-hmm. so I, I, can, I can defend myself or my family? You know, am I going to learn other skills like hunting or farming or not farming, but like uh, gardening or something that helps right. you? Right. Even if all of the things that we talked about happen, we drop right back in the 1800s. Right. Those things are still going to be there. Yep. And there's going to be a lot of people <laughs> that are just totally lost if we if that happened. Yeah, the the people that are you know these the people that live in cities that never leave and I mean so we could talk about this for an hour. I mean I I, I do like the all the stuff you're talking about mm-hmm. whether it's gardening. I have a garden in in the, at the house and in in my house. I mm-hmm. use, instead of using soil though, we use those towers. Right. We use towers with uh, coconut core. To, uh, for, for all the greens and nice. so I keep vegetables and stuff at the house and we could just we use it and it just repl- replenishes itself and we just mm-hmm. keep from there we just it's it's something that you need to do or learn to do mm-hmm. um, you can't wait until something happens that's right. bad to say hey I'm I need to do this yeah you, you, you need to have an idea or mm-hmm. have experienced something to have you know, to help you get through whatever the problem is. Yeah. And people, like you said, don't. It's good to go out and shoot 
Um, it's good to go out and learn about, you know, how about land navigation? Right. Go out to the desert, get lost, mm-hmm. and then figure out a way to get back. Yeah. How do you know how to do that? Does people, do you know how to procure water? There's like four or five different ways to procure water. Right. Do you know what they are? Do you know how to start a fire? I could start a fire five, six, seven different ways mm-hmm. with different materials to start fire. Mm-hmm. Do you know how to do that? If you don't, you should take the time and watch some videos, mm-hmm. go and put it into practice, yeah. and try it, at least so you're experienced. You know, I'm not saying you got to do it every day, right? but just go and do it. On a weekend, say, I'm going to go, I'm going to find water using this method, and I'm going to start a fire using this method, and I'm going to cook something outside or somewhere or camp or wh- whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Just go ahead and put some, some skill and use the practicality of that skill and, and just go do it. So that's something that you could fall back on and say, I remember, hey, I've, I've done this before. I did this when the time comes. Right. You're not like, like just a zombie trying to figure out what do I do. Yeah. The, the time to buy a fire extinguisher is not when your house is burning. Right. Same thing with firearms. Yeah. You need, you know. So, and this goes back to kind of another idea that I've talked about before that like, the, the Mike Tyson quote, you know, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Mm-hmm. By and large, most people overestimate their ability to fight and defend themselves, right? They think because they've had a, a fight or two, like somewhere in their lives or, mm-hmm. you know, that that means that they're right. totally prepared mm-hmm. if it happens, you know, mm-hmm. if they're attacked, right? That's usually not the case. Okay. Yep. Same thing with firearms. There are people that will buy a firearm, you know. They, they buy the firearm, they go through a, maybe a class or something, yep. and then they, they put it in and the they safe, put it away, and, they, that's it. and they say, okay, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, that's like, terrible. That, that isn't how that works, okay? Yeah. You have to be able to hit what you're shooting at, otherwise that firearm's really not yeah. doing you a lot of good. If you don't practice any of the stuff, you have to practice it to be proficient. Yeah. And if you don't practice it, it's like if, if you lose it. You just, yeah. you know, yeah, you've done it, but then... No matter what it is, it's just not just firearms; it's everything. Yeah. If you if you yeah. don't practice what it is that you're doing, then you're really not that proficient or good at it. Right. Unless you do it routinely. Yeah. So you need to create a routine, just like you said, working out. Mm-hmm. Working out's the same thing. If you're going to mm-hmm. work out, you need to do it, uh, make it a, a routine, and then you're you're accustomed to that routine. You build in the the routine. You build in your confidence. You build the ability the skills, the know-how, the knowledge of whatever it is that you're doing. Right. Yeah. So by and large, that's the purpose of the podcast. It, it is to get people to think differently and understand that they are, A, capable of way more than they think they are. Yes. And B, that they really should be taking steps to be better. And I talk to, I talk to, I talk to lots of people and I tell, I tell some people this, um, I tell people these things, and they and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I hear you," but then they never, <laughs> they don't proceed. Right. They, yeah. they, they're just, you know, you you could you could bring a horse to water, right? But you can't make them drink. True. So, and you know, I try to help people all the time. I help daily. People call with questions, or, "Hey, what do you think of this? Or what do you think of that?" Mm-hmm. I did, you know, I was huge. I'm like, I'm, I'm in the overlanding too. I like overlanding. Right. Was in, you know, always can always, always been in the camping and stuff since I was a kid. You mm-hmm. know, I was in Boy Scouts and always loved to go camping and being in the outdoors. Always. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, into hunting and fishing and all that. I like all of that stuff. But you can't do everything every day. Right. Yeah. You know, 
unless that's your specific that's your job. Field, yeah. That's your job. You're, yeah. you're a hunt and you're hunting all the time. Mm -hmm. So I, I, you know, I, I like everything. I like to learn about everything. Mm -hmm. But nobody, you know, I'm not a, um, I'm not an expert at anything. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I enjoy all these different topics. I enjoy mm -hmm. participating in them, and I've, I've experienced all these things across the country and internationally. Right. Um, whether it's hunting and learning to survive overseas, mm -hmm. um, going on, going to the Amazon and living out in the Amazon with a tribe for two weeks, different wow. things that you need to go do and experience in your life will give you so much knowledge mm -hmm. and make you better prepared for the unexpected. Right. There you go. Um, so the name itself, Bobby Bushcraft, was there a story behind that? Um, what's well, the business? It's actually, it's actually my like business. It's the logo. It's right, the, right. it's the brand. Mm -hmm. It's a brand is what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, my name's Robert. So everyone calls me Bobby. So. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, um, I was really into bushcraft at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I still, I still am. Um, but like, again, um, it was just one of the names that uh, it was a handle, and you know, one of those. I started using it for different um, what do you call it, forms. Right. Um, when you, they make you yeah, yeah. come up with a name, <laughs> and uh, it just kind of stuck, and everybody started calling me that. Like they would just call me that. And okay. Then, so I was, and I was like, yeah, I'll just use that as the business name. There you go. It seems very appropriate given like the the experiences and things that you've had. Yeah. So yeah. right. So it just works, and then I formed it and put it in the LLC. Right. So the the primary business that you do now is photography. Mm -hmm. Do you media, have media production and photography gotcha. and, and uh, advisory and and I, I do do I help people. I do podcasts as well. Mm -hmm. And um, but most mostly it's mostly photography. Right. Still still photography. I do video gotcha. too. Produce videos. Um, mm -hmm. Short, for short videos, um, but mostly still photography. Right. So, do you feel like you've reached a place where you're you're kind of settled into that, or do you have kind of future plans about other things you might move um, into? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, as I stated before, I don't advertise. Right. If I think if I advertised, I would have like, and I'm busy enough as it is now, but right. I would be like super, super busy if I advertised. Mm -hmm. And like I said, on my day-to-day -day basis, I, I get up and I do whatever I want to do. Mm -hmm. If I don't want to work today, then I'm not going to work. Or if uh, I don't have a call, you know, somebody didn't call to do photos today, and I'm off, then I'm off. Or if somebody did call and they cancel because of something, yeah. then I have the day off, then I'm off. Right. I mean, I could do whatever I want to do. I get up when I want to get up. I go to bed when I want to go to bed. I eat what I want. I do, I do whatever I want, and it's good to do that. Yeah. Um, for the future, yes, I want to, you know, I was thinking, you know, if I continue to advertise, well, I like to be selective in mm -hmm. what I do. Mm -hmm. People call me, I get calls daily for work. Okay. And I decline a lot of it. I just, because I don't want to do it. Yeah. Like, I don't need to, I don't need to do that job to get money because I don't need, I don't need it. I'm not, yeah. I'm not being like, because I'm. I'm not rich or nothing. Right. I mean, I, I'm retired and I have money, a pension for the rest of my life. Right. But I do everything else that I do. Yeah, you know, I get paid for doing these, these jobs. Mm -hmm. But if I don't want to do something because I don't like it or like, for instance, uh, weddings, someone okay. will call and go, hey, could you do our wedding for us? And I'm, no, sorry, I don't do weddings. Right. I don't want I don't don't want to do weddings. Yeah. 
Um, but then I'll get other jobs that are kind of, you know, some people call it weird things, you know, weird, mm-hmm. you know, just, can you do this and do that? And I'm like, oh, you know, if I'm interested in it, it interests mm-hmm. me, then I'll do it. If right. I'm not interested, I just say, no, no, thanks. I'm not, I don't want, I don't need to work. I don't need that. Right. So we talked earlier about, you know, people are not really free because they're, they're chained to their job, right? They're mm-hmm. beholden to a schedule that they didn't create for themselves. It's, it's where they're at, right? Mm-hmm. So when I think of freedom, where you're at is, is what I think of, you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, doing what you want because it's what you want to be doing or because it's important to you, you know, not because you don't have a choice or because you're so, so tied to making money that you have to do right. things you don't well, want to be doing. That's a thing. That's the other things. So many people are money motivated. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not motivated by money. Do you need money to survive? Well, yeah. Yes. yes. Yes, you need money. But I'm not motiv- I'm not, you know, I'm not out there. I, I don't need to be this bazillionaire. I don't need to be, like I said, the possession thing and the I the older I get, the less I I don't want all that. Right. Am I I have a place to live? Do I have a pla- do I have food? Do I have transportation? Mm-hmm. You know, do I have I'm good. Right. I don't I don't need all this craziness. To worry, the more stuff you have, the worse it is. Yeah. The more things you have, the more things break, the more problems there are. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, I'm not saying that money's bad. Money's great. I, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely, I mean, I'm a capitalist. Yeah, right. But I'm not, uh, I'm not killing myself to, <laughs> I'm not trying to kill myself to say, I need to make this money. I need $5 million in the bank. I need, I, yeah. I don't because I'd rather live my life. Right. And experience and, and with people and go mm-hmm. around daily as I, like you called me, I didn't. I never met you before. I didn't know who you were. Right. And you called me, and we <laughs> talked, and then you invited yeah. me down, and, and you know, we're sitting here, and that's great. Yeah. And then I'll do the same thing. I have stuff lined up all the way through the year of things I need to do for for other people. So. Right. That's awesome. Uh, with all of that being said, is there anybody, other. Uh, organizations, things that you kind of want to give a shout out to or, or nod to or. Um, as far as, I mean, well, there's, I, I work for lots of, I work for lots of different people uh-huh. and I like, you know, I like everybody, you know, I like them all. Right. Um, obviously, you know, I support Carrie Lake. Right. Uh, I worked for her for, you know, a year or whatever it was that we were on the campaign. Uh, I still support her. Mm-hmm. And I think that if anybody is looking at, if they're in Arizona and they're able to vote, a lot of people, um, you, you need to. Pay attention to what's going on with Carrie. You need mm-hmm. to listen to what she's doing and what she's trying to do because all the other people, all these other entities, mm-hmm. they're all part of the establishment. Yeah. They're all part of the uniparty. They're all part of, you know, what are you going to do for me? What am I going to get out of it? You do this, we'll give you this. Right. She's not. She, you know, she quit her job. And now she doesn't even really, she doesn't have a job. Yeah. And she's still willing to fight just to make sure that at least we, we need free and fair elections. Right. What's more important than that? Not too many things. So, you know, she still wants that and she wants to really, because she loves Arizona just like we do. Mm-hmm. And she wants to fix Arizona. She wants it good for everybody. Not right. just, not left, not right. Mm-hmm. She wants it for everyone. Right. So... I think people need to really pay attention to people who say they're going to be running for office Mm -hmm. and take a really good look at 
the crowd, look at the background, look at who supports them, who gives them their money. Right. Where does the money come from? Yeah. Because Carrie's money all comes from people who are giving $5, $10, Learn mm-hmm. a campaign. Right. What does that tell you? Um, other than that, um, I think there's, an, there's an also another, uh, one of my other, who I'm working with is a, a group called Total News. Okay. Um, Total News is an organization. It's a, a, a conservative news outlet, uh, aggregated news. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to the website, totalnews.com, mm-hmm. and every day you'll see news for all kinds of, whatever subject matter you want, you could sign up to get uh, on their uh on the list, you mm-hmm. sign up through them, and you could pick, and you could organize the news the way you want it. Mm-hmm. So you could pick, you know, I want to learn about whatever Middle East, and I want, you know, uh, entertainment, and I want politics. Right. And then you'll get that. You can get that delivered to you the way you want it. Um, so I'm, I'm doing a lot with them. We're trying to um, get things going here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll be seeing a lot from Total News in the future. And, um, this, and also a Spanish uh, channel called Americano. Okay. Um, you'll soon, hopefully this year, next year, you're going to see a lot from them. Sounds really interesting. I'll have to check that out. Right on. Uh, kind of the final thing that I was end with is uh, what's your best dad advice? Huh. Well, um, let me, well, there's a story behind being – when I was um, – my kids were growing up. My kids are grown and gone. But when they were growing up, I happened to be working. Uh, I was in a detective in sex crimes. Mm-hmm. And the best advice, you know, and this is what I did with them. At the, when I was seeing the things that I was seeing on a daily basis for all those years, right. um, I got to a point where I just, I really hated everybody. Like, you just didn't like people yeah. or society. Right. Because you could, all you see all day long is people doing bad things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, whether it was physically ab- physical abuse or sexual abuse, mm-hmm. and um, what I would, my kids, and you know, maybe it was good that we did this, but my kids, um, there were no sleepovers. weren't okay. allowed. There was no sleepovers. If they wanted to join Boy Scouts, mm-hmm. well, I went with them. If they wanted to be in baseball, then I would join too. You know be an assistant coach right if they wanted to go to karate or whatever then I would go to like I would make the time mm-hmm. to always be present in whatever it was that they were doing right to supervise and and be there yeah and be part of what they were doing um, and people laugh when I tell them I say that yeah there were, my kids there were no sleepovers to anybody's house yeah told them you could do sleepovers when you turn 18 when you're 18 and you're an adult, <laughs> you can go sleep wherever you want. Right. But not until then. Yeah. There's no sleepovers. Mm-hmm. Because of the stuff. And then again, I think it's a lot had to do with the stuff that I was seeing. What was happening on sleepovers. Yeah. What was happening, with, you know, kids doing stuff to other kids and adults doing stuff to kids. Right. So the best thing I could tell you is you need to be part of your kids' lives. Mm-hmm. You need to participate you need to be in the kids' lives. You can't just say, go do this, go do that, go have fun, and not be there and not be present. Right. You have to participate. 
and they will always remember that too because you could always talk about all the things you did over the years mm -hmm. the time you know we went camping up at this lake at the time we went you know uh, uh horseback riding in south dakota the time we, you know whatever it is yeah right they always remember it yeah that's very good advice so I uh, definitely want to be respectful of your time. I know you've probably got lots of other things to do. So I, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Yes, I'm, I'm glad that you made the time for it. And uh, I would love to kind of keep in communication with you just to learn a little bit more about some of the things that you were talking about. And, mm -hmm. you know, some Absolutely. So uh, it was great. Yes, sir. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Also, you can now support the Non-Victim Nation by donating via listener support directly on Spotify. Remember, the story of your life is being written right now, and you are the hero.